listening to season four, episode ten. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Shop. My name is Therese and I'm your host. My business is called Small Business Collaborative, and I help business owners start and grow their wholesale, get more comfortable and confident with selling themselves and their products, and growing their sales and their profitability. This is going to be a solo episode, and it's the grand finale of this season. I will be taking a little break from the podcast, and it will be back later this spring with probably a little bit of a new format and hopefully some very exciting guests and maybe even some live recordings and panel discussions. I'm super excited to innovate it and have a little rethink about how it can best serve you guys and to keep it fresh and and relevant. Before I get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this coming week I'm going to go live over on my Instagram I'm small underscore business underscore collaborative every day at 9am Monday to Friday and I'm going to be talking about various wholesale related and sales related topics such as the most common mistakes I see people make when it comes to their sales what to do for your wholesale right now since we are in another lockdown and also about the year of wholesaling so what happens when and if you're not hearing back what might the reasons be and how can you deal with that i will be giving you a few tips about how you can change that and i am also going to do some sales myths can't even say that myth busters and we're going to talk about how you can take a more proactive approach and what can help you do that this is of course going to be leading up to the launch of my next course which is uh, let's talk sales i this will be the second time i run the course and it will open up to this on the waitlist on friday the 15th of january this year and then it will open up to everyone else the week after the course itself starts on um, wednesday the 27th and it's for four weeks and we talk all about sales mindset and about growing your sales, what numbers you need to be tracking and how you can learn from your numbers and so, so much more. The course is a lifetime access course. So if you sign up now, you can join us every single time I run it. And there will be a Facebook group and where we will have our own little private community where you can get lots of my support and also your fellow course participants support. I am so looking forward to running it again and I have specifically timed it for this time of the year when uh, we need to get going and working on all those goals and those plans we have set ourselves and and I'm going to help you put those into action. As always I really appreciate it if you have a moment if you can leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes as it really helps others discovering the podcast as well. I always love seeing where you are tuning in and of course you can tag me over on Instagram as well. It's small underscore business underscore collaborative. In today's episode I am going to be talking about 
Brexit. I've seen so much advice out there. There's so much confusion and there's so much conflicting advice out there. So I have spent all weekend researching and trying to find some information that I hope will help you. And of course, I added some practical applications to that and also how I interpreted it. Now, I have to say the information out there is not great all the time and it can be quite jargony and quite difficult to decipher. So I have looked at how the Brexit rules affects us as small business owners and I have interpreted it for you. But of course, with the sources out there, I might have misunderstood things or there might be clarification added later by the government. So please do your own research, speak to your accountants, but hopefully this will help you think about what you do need to ask and what you need to consider. Both the UK and the EU has agreed to provide transparent and searchable information for small and medium-sized businesses to facilitate trade. However, that information don't seem to be very adequate at the moment, in my opinion. So it can be really difficult and you have to go to lots and lots of different pages and read lots and lots of different information. I've read part of the full trade agreement and I've read the UK-EU trade cooperation agreement summary and lots of various articles etc. But there is nowhere where there's one super concise place to find the information that you probably wish there was. So I'm going to attempt to do that for you. The EU single market and the customs union versus the customs borders that we will have now makes a huge difference. Even though the UK and the EU has agreed a zero tariffs and zero quotas subject to the goods meeting the rules of origin, now when you send things from the UK to the EU, you will be crossing a customs border. That means that you will have to do customs declaration and there's lots of extra rules to follow, similarly to when you trade with the rest of the world. The main difference would be that your EU customers may not have to pay any duties as long as you can provide proof of origination of your products. Previously, our orders from the UK to the EU did not have to cross any customs borders, which means that as long as you pay the duties and fees when you imported the goods, so say you imported in a non-EU state, so say, for example, China, uh, and you imported them to the UK, you paid your duties on that, and then when you traded with the rest of the EU, You didn't have to pay anything extra and your customers didn't have to pay anything extra. As a member of the EU, the UK businesses did not have to charge EU business customers VAT. So you didn't have to charge your stockist in Germany VAT as long as you had their VAT number and you declared your sales to HMRC on your quarterly VAT return. This meant that customers based in the EU enjoyed buying from UK businesses even if their orders did occur a higher shipping fee than buying from a local supplier in their country, so there was fair competition. Now that we have left the single market, a stockist based in the EU will have to pay VAT in their own country plus a customs and handling fee or an administration fee and 
if the product is not of preferential origin, they may also have to pay duties. So this would affect their cash flow. And of course, it would cause extra admin for them. So let's talk about rules of origin. If you input some of your components, your items will only be eligible for duty-free export to the EU if it meets specific originating criteria. I tried to do a lot of research about this, but the rules are quite complex and there is not great information out there. There is a bit of information in the full trade agreement, but this is how I understood it. Um, preferential origin means a country that the EU, if you're selling to a country within the EU, has a trade free trading agreement in place with. The percentage that has to come from a preferential origin varies depending on the tariff code. Still, most seems to be 50%, meaning that at least 50% of the value has to be added in the UK to classify as a preferential origin when exported to Europe. Hopefully, there will be more clarity around this sometime soon, as the way I read it now is that if you manufacture your product in, say, mainline China and import it to the UK and sell it as it is, perhaps adding just a little bit of packaging, it won't be enough to be of preferential origin and therefore cannot be sold to a business customer in the EU duty-free. I've added all of this information into a blog post over on my blog, which is available now. If there's something I say and talk about here that doesn't make any sense and you want to go back and read it over again and look at the links and sources I found the information at, you can have a look at that now. So what does this mean when you're selling to countries in the EU? So first of all, you will need an EORI number. And if you ship to Northern Ireland and have customers in Northern Ireland, you will need a second one that starts with an XI prefix. For business-to-business sales, so for wholesale, it's my understanding that when you sell to any EU member state, you need to register for VAT in each country. This is regardless whether you meet the UK threshold or not, because the threshold only applies to your own country if you are established in that country as well. So if you set up a separate business in one of the EU states, for example, if you are VAT registered in the UK and supply a private person in the EU, you will still need to charge them UK VAT as the sale happens here if the order value is over £22. Now that order value might change in the future. I think it's up for review or it might be changed from the 1st of July in 2021. And your customers will have to pay EU VAT and customs fee when their products arrive in their country if it's over the £22 or equivalent in their country. Each EU country has its own rules and in some the customer has to provide their own customs declaration which will be compared to yours before the goods are released. For some you will need to provide a commercial invoice on the outside of the parcel similar to when you send products to the rest of the world or for your wholesale orders. When selling to a private person in an EU country you may have to register for VAT in each country but there is a distance selling threshold. So if you are selling online to, say, Germany, the 
distance selling threshold is a hundred thousand euros, I believe, and it is different for each member state. So you will need to look up the countries that you sell in the most to, because that threshold is much lower in, say, France, where it's thirty five thousand euros. So you'd have to look that up separately. So distance selling, i.e., like your online web shop for private customers. And your wholesale will have different rules when it comes to VAT. Private customers may not understand all the extra delays and the procedures that you have to take. And it may be better for you to direct them to a local stockers within the EU because a business to business customer is much more likely to want to solve this issue and or challenge, shall we say. And um, then perhaps you can pass them more business by directing your customers to their sites. And therefore, you wouldn't have to worry so much about the extra implications of growing yourselves there. I would also make it very clear on your product listings and in your terms, because if you don't, then you might see a lot of return parcels and reviews about having to pay VAT and handling fees etc. In the blog post, I've also included a flowchart that I found that shows you when you need to charge VAT and when you don't. I would say that this is the time where having a good accountant really comes into its own. I mean, personally, I think it's always helpful, but I know it's not always within everyone's budgets. But if you do have an accountant, they will be able to help you with all these new rules around VAT. So what does this all mean for your wholesale? So you might want to increase your minimum order. In some cases, a lot of suppliers actually already have a higher minimum order for international orders anyway. So it's nothing that international stockists are that unfamiliar with. You could have a EU rest of the world higher minimum order. It will take a little bit of extra time to do the customs work. Another thing I would do is make sure that your invoices already includes the tariff codes and the country of origin for all each product on your invoice. This way you don't have to provide a separate paperwork for your EU and the rest of the world exports, but it's just a default thing. If you are VAT registered, you do not charge VAT to the EU and rest of the world now, but you do need to include it as zero VAS on your HMRC declarations and keep a proof of export. Your customers abroad may need to pay duties if they are in the rest of the world and local taxes and customs handling fees before their order is released. If you are in the EU and your products are from preferential origin, they will only have to pay VAT and a customs handling fee. Even if you are not registered, your EU customers may need to pay VAT and handling fees when they receive their order. And the Channel Islands are not part of the UK for fiscal VAT purposes, so they may be zero rated subject to meeting certain conditions. And again, your accountant would be able to tell you all of these things. So what does it mean for your trade shows? So if you're planning on exhibiting in, in the EU now, once we go back to a more normal situation and trade shows open up again and they take place as a physical event, then you will have 
to budget in this in your when you're sending your samples to the shows so you may not have to pay VAT on the goods returning to the UK because there is some rules around temporarily bringing products out of the country but you may have to budget in into your show budget that when you send the products say to France you may have to pay VAT and customs handling fees when you receive them in that country that you're exhibiting in. There are separate rules about selling and shipping to Northern Ireland and there is some information over on the government website, the main one being that you need an XI prefix E-O-R-I code, but there are some more rules. Another thing to consider is how Brexit affects your supply chain. So if you are buying materials or your products from a EU country, you need to have a think about how much more expensive it's going to be to buy those products. If you are buying from really large suppliers, some of them might start holding stock in a UK warehouse. And some of them might have suspended shipping to the UK either either permanently or temporarily to make sure that they are compliant. So I would say if you have a supplier within the EU, make sure you contact them now and ask them what their plans are, if they are seeing delays and basically what the deal is. If you are importing products from within the EU, you will be paying import VAT for orders over £135 plus the customs handling fee and admin charge when it arrives in the UK. So you will need to factor this into your pricing. This uh, import VAT doesn't always have to be paid up front as there is a postponement scheme in place. So you might want to have a look at that. It needs to be declared on your quarterly VAT return. So again, speak to your accountant about that. Another thing to consider is labelling. So for example, you need to now make sure that your products meet all the legal requirements both in the UK and the EU. So for example, if your products are CE marked, in the EU, a CE marked product would be, have to be UK CA marked from the 1st of January in 2022. So if you are manufacturing goods now that you plan to sell beyond that date, then I would make sure that you introduce that marking right away so you need to look into what that means and what you need to what rules or testing you need to have done to make sure that that is compliant it does also affect your trademark so if you currently hold a eu trademark that is in date that you file before the start of the transition period of uh, 2020 then you will have still a valid UK trademark. If you file during the transition period, your EU trademark will not cover the UK, but you can get priority when you do apply for the UK one. And if you're filing now, you're going to have to file separately for the UK and the EU to be covered in both markets. There might also be um, some changes around personal data. The UK will have said that they will be keeping GDPR and that that will continue to form part of the UK law. But there is a transition period of six months. And after that, there might be some changes to the rules around personal data. And as we know, we keep quite a lot of of data in our businesses as we are shipping things to customers etc. To conclude 
I do think that all of this will get easier. It might feel very, very overwhelming right now. But don't make it too hard for yourself if you need to take a bit of time to regroup and refocus and switch off sending things to the EU, then go ahead and do that. If you need to make it work, if you sell a lot to the EU and you don't want to lose out on those sales, you can consider uh, funneling that to your stockist at the moment so you at least have to deal with less of it or make sure that you lean on your accountant and actually get some advice about how you can make sure that you are compliant and your orders don't get stuck in customs. I'd love to hear If you have understood something differently, if you think there's something that I should have added to this, I'm sure together we can do this. Actually, if you have any more questions and if something comes up, come to my free Facebook group. It's called Let's Talk Wholesale over on Facebook and we can always have a chat there and I'm sure all together we can make some reason out of all the rules and the new regulations. Never thought I would be spending all this time looking into the Brexit rules and it feels obviously a little bit sad to do but I think now is the time when we have to start working on what making the best out of the situation we find ourselves in. So that's the approach I'm going to choose to take and I just know that we can get there together. If you are listening to this podcast the week that it is released, remember to join me at 9am every morning over on Instagram for a little bit of sales inspiration and tips. And I will be back with the podcast later this spring. I haven't set a date yet because as I said, I do want to make some changes to it. If you have any suggestions, do please get in touch. And I hope that you have a really great week. Thank you so much much for listening and thank you so much for supporting this podcast.